Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're getting about 400 texts for every five minutes right now on favorite sitcoms all time. I know it's a hockey show. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer joining you from Boston. I have no idea how this got... Oh, because we went to Cheers yesterday. That's why. Uh, Bob, what about Happy Days, Three's Company, Malcolm in the Middle, Titus, and the King of Queens? Well, you lost me on the last three. I'll be honest with you. Um, again, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Keep it coming. Uh, this is Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. That's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Eltoff that Oilers Now sent you. Open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show uh, from the cult of hockey, David Staples. Hello, David. How are you? Great, Bob. How are you? Good. Now, do you have a... I know you're a really serious guy that has to sometimes write about (laughs) really serious stuff like the pandemic and uh, provincial politics and that sort of stuff. Um, Did you you have a a sitcom that you liked back in the day? Oh, so it's back... Well, I was thinking Modern Family. I like that one a lot, but I haven't watched it in a while. It's not that far back. When I was a kid... Uh, how about was Hogan's Heroes a sitcom? Yes, it was a, absolutely. It was. That's really back in the day, but I really liked Hogan's Heroes. Yes, and Gilligan's Island. Yeah, there were, we had a couple Gilligan's Island. Um, I had time for Get Smart. Uh, I had a couple individuals yeah. text me, uh, Bob. What about the Flintstone? Since you, Bob, personally bear such a striking resemblance to Fred Flintstone. <laughs> See, when I, when like I say it about myself, it's funny. <laughs> Right, like you know, it's it's sort of a people like self-deprecation. But when you listener are coming after me and saying I bear a striking resemblance to to Fred Flintstone, all I can think of is one thing. Well, anyhow, uh, let's get to it. You do look like you might eat uh, a Bronco burger or two, or Bronto burger, or whatever they're called. Well, actually, we went to Dino Barbecue in Buffalo. How's that? Oh, the irony. David, the uh, NHL trade deadline has come and gone. It's been a long time. I mean, Frank Saravalli suggested on yesterday's show since maybe the Brad Stewart deal for Ken Holland in 2008 with Detroit, certainly not over the last seven or eight years, the final three years or four years of his run in Detroit, first three years in Edmonton, he kind of made smaller deals. But the Oilers stepped up. They made a big deal with Ekholm. They also added Nick said, I'd like to get your assessment on Edmonton's body of work. It's interesting because through the year, I didn't hear a lot of people saying Matthias Ekholm very much. I think largely because people thought, A, he wasn't available, and and uh, B, how can you get a player like this? How's he going to fit under the cap? And, you know, do the Oilers actually have the assets to get him? So I didn't think people, most people thought it was possible. But, um, you know, the, the needs in a trade kind of shifted over time. Like some, sometimes people thought it was a forward, sometimes people thought it was a D-man. But in the end, I think he... Re- Ken Hall 
one really hit the spot with Matthias Huckholm. Um, the consensus was, I think, over time that the Oilers needed a big, tough uh, defensive D-man who could move the puck. And man, uh, Matthias Eckholm's kind of the prototype for that kind of player. Um, in his his first impressions in, in Edmonton are, you know, he's he's he strikes me. He's a really good puck mover and very smart with the puck, very clever with the puck. I mean, he's not a puck carrier, but he's a guy who gets the puck, moves the puck, and does it very very well. Um, defensively, there's been a few hiccups between with him and Bouchard on the ice, but I, I just think that's normal. Um, as these guys get used to each other, th- it's going to take some time for for uh, him to figure it out, just like it did for Duncan Keith. Uh, but he, he will uh, obviously he's going to get it defensive, I think. And the big improvement, Bob, is I mean Evan Bouchard's game has just taken off since he's been paired with Matthias Ekholm. He's playing with a lot more confidence on the attack. He's been moving the puck well all year, but he's taken it to He's just he's done very well in the last few games. So, um, yeah, I just think that was a great move. And and Bugstad, uh, it's great to have it, that six seven guy out on the penalty kill. Both you have DeHarnay and Bugstad on that side of the ice. They had that last game. Try passing it through those guys. Try making a cross team pass or a shot on net through those two guys on that side of the ice. And I just think he's going to be. I could see him as a go to guy on the PK taking faceoffs and with that reach blocking passes blocking passing lanes um he looks at even strength. I mean, Brian Lawton talked about his shot. I don't know if we've seen much of that yet, but he does seem to have some skill with the puck, puck protection. He does seem to be someone willing to get on the forecheck and and get the job done there. So it just it's it's just. Um, I mean, Bob, I asked um, I asked people if they were if if they were willing to give uh, a plus uh, to to Holland for his work at the trade deadline. And a lot of people thought that was too high, but the vast majority of people, um, you know, more than 80% of Oilers fans were saying, yeah, this is an A-plus trading deadline for Ken Holland. So, and, and I would concur with that myself. Yeah, my concern was that, uh, you know, once Jonathan Taze was announced that he wasn't playing anymore, and look, the Horvat trade had already happened at that point, and then boom, O'Reilly got done. I'm like, they're going to go quick here. And that's what ended up happening. Is there, the, it, it was the NHL trade deadline week, not the NHL trade trade deadline day. Uh, as an aside, yes, a Pugliarvi got moved for a prospect. I'm not sure. I don't know if Edmonton ends up signing this guy or not, Patrick Fusilla, but it, at the end of the day, has it just run its course with Pugliarvi and the fans, do you think? I, well, I, I think most people, even people who really like Pugliarvi, realized it's time for him to move on and get another chance in another city, that it wasn't working out for Pugliarvi here in Edmonton. And it wasn't working out for the team. So, uh, and if, in terms of Holland's work on that deal, they were able to move that contract without eating anything. And my concern at all year was they were going to have to give up a draft pick because he was underperforming for that three million dollar a year cap hit. So again, good work for Ken Holland. You can't. Um, he got some criticism. I saw people criticizing him for that trade, not realizing you know he's he's opening up cap space. You, you can't make the you can't bring in an Ekholm and a, and a Bugstad if you don't have the cap room and, and Holland did a, a masterful job of that and moving out the player and I, I don't think I'd be surprised if there's many people in Edmonton who don't really wish Yesipuliyarvi well and, and Tyson Berry 100%. really well in, the, in, their, in their new teams these are both players who had hardcore fans and people who really appreciated what they brought or what they could bring in Puliyarvi's case and did on occasion so uh, they, they leave with a, I think a kind of a good feeling actually they're both, you know. I think it's it, it's harder with Barry because I, 
you know, he's going to a tougher situation where he, he might not win. He's less in Stanley Cup um, competition, but um, he, it was also time to, to bring in a player like Ekholm. I guess what's crazy about this year, David Staples joining us in the call to hockey, is at the start of the year, my hope was both Yamamoto and Pugliarvi would be 20-goal scorers. And Yamamoto's at eight right now, and, you know, Pugliarvi gets moved out when he was at five or six, and Evander Kane's only nine. Now, Kane comes back, you know, he's missed 40 games, 31 games with the wrist injury, nine games with an upper body issue, got cross-checked in the ribs, uh, or hit hit uh, on a couple different sequences actually by Morris Sider the first time Edmonton played Detroit but you know and we'll get to your depth piece in a second but at the end of the day McDavid's got 54 Leon's got 41 he's on pace for 50 RNH is already at 30 and Hyman's at 29 it's kind of scary I mean the Oilers still I think people forget in 1819 uh, you know, the year that Keith Gretzky had to replace Pete Shirelli in season. Edmonton finished 20th in the league in goals for him. In 1920, first year under Ken Hall and Dave Tippett, they were 14th. In the All-Canadian Division, they finished 7th. Last year, they finished 7th in goals for This year, they're first. And it's a double whammy because they're top-end guys. They're top four guys. They have the top combined amount of goals from any foursome in the league. And then their bottom six guys have come through. But, I mean, we are watching something special, specifically with 97 and then the Oilers' power play, which is, you know, at an obscene 31.7% as we head into tomorrow night's. So, I mean, the top-end talent's been off the charts this year, David. And Hyman at even strength, uh, Zach Hyman at even strength has just been sensational. I mean, he's, he's in a little bit of a slump right now, but man, he, he has just uh, really, he stepped up his game from last year. Last year he was excellent at even strength, and this year he's even better. He's, um, you know, he, he's not the, the greatest defensive player, but he's an okay defensive player, and on the attack at even strength, he's just been dynamite. So, yeah, Bob, it's, it's a, you know, what they've gotten out of Hyman and, um, um, Nugent Hopkins, it, it, it kind of makes up for the bad luck that, that's that's happened with Kane. If you average out the three of them, you're probably getting probably what you expected from all three of them. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know Yamamoto in recent games has been coming on as well. Like he's been playing his best hockey of the year uh, recently with uh, on a line with Nugent Hopkins and um, Drysaddle. So it's Bob. This this is a this is a really this is a great team, and you know there's there's signals with this team, there's signs with this team if it all comes together they're going to go on a, just a fantastic Stanley Cup run I think I think they can win the Stanley Cup this year David I mean I agree they're a good team I don't know if they're a great team yet I mean if you just look at points percentage in the league um, the Edmonton Oilers today are tw- yeah they're 12th they're yep they're 12th in the league again now I do that they're at 600 right now points percentage so last year they finished at 634 they were 643 the year before now there's a catch in this they have an easy final 12 games of the year they get the San Jose Sharks three times and I don't mean to dismiss the Sharks but the, the Sharks are they've sold off a couple of their players they get Anaheim twice more now Anaheim did beat Edmonton Anaheim's got the worst goal differential in the league they get Arizona twice I mean, there's seven games there that they absolutely have to win as we close out the season. So I, I, I could foresee the Oilers, David, in their final 17 games of the year going 12-5. and five. I hope they go 12-5. and five. You know why? No. 
So I get to my 47 wins preseason prediction. I, <laughs> That's I always a good thing. With 47 <laughs> to all year, yeah. <laughs> 52 wins, so it's about my ego right now, right? I'm just gonna, well, that's, one that's of the things they have thing, going, Bob. David, the lines today, third and fourth lines, so Kane goes up with McDavid and Hyman, Dreisaitl with Iron H and Yamamoto. Bukestead between McLeod and Fogel. Uh, McLeod, 10 goals. Bukestead with 14 He's already got a goal in two games with Edmonton. Fogel with 11. And then uh, Derek Ryan with Clem Costin and Yanmark. Ryan with 11. Costin with 10. Yanmark with 6. Even Devin Shore, who's played pretty well, he's got good possession metrics. The Oilers' bottom six has been different in past years, hasn't it? And especially, Bob, in this new year. I mean, in the new year, since Warren Fogel has gotten his game together and uh, Derek Ryan has really been playing well. I mean, the, the, the Fogel is suddenly playing kind of at a level of a top six winger in the new year. He is just really getting it done uh, at even strength. His his defensive play is strong. And his attacking, he's attacking with so much more confidence. I just, where, where did that shot come from? I mean, suddenly we're just seeing him unleash this. He's going, he looks like Leon Dry settle sometimes unleashing the shot not that often but we've seen it a couple times and it's really impressive and he scored some goals that way so he's come on Devin Shore's playing the best hockey of his career as an Edmonton Oiler in in this uh, brief spell since he's been recalled from the minors he's been eating it up um, Ryan's such a smart player and, and clean cost and offers both you know physicality which the team needed badly and he's been super hot shooting the puck he's been doing very well offensively he's kind of you know he's kind of that chaos uh, aggressive chaos forward like Cassian has been in the past. Um, he's not quite at that level that Cassian was at. He's not as chaotic as that, but he really does intimidate, I think, uh, the opposing teams. So, the, you know, they suddenly they have a fourth line and, and lots of options there. Matthias Janmark, I think, Bob, is the, you know, he's one of the best defensive forwards that I've seen on the Oilers in a long time. He's not a great offensive player, although he can handle the puck well, but I think his defense is underrated, both on the penalty kill and at even strength. He rarely makes a mistake in defensive coverage. He's always on it, almost always on his man. He's got outstanding fundamentals. Um, yeah, and and on defense, we've also seen, although there was this consensus that we the Oilers needed a left shot defenseman, Brett Kulak has been playing in the new year. He's been playing at the same high level that he played in the playoffs last year, which earned him that four-year deal. So his game has come around. You know, I'm a big fan of Philip Broberg, but I can see why the coaches are have been going to, to, uh, so far with Kulak over Broberg and preferring that at this point. Um, because the, the veteran player uh, is really solid right now. So there's all of these things trending up on those bottom lines. Ryan McLeod's been really hot scoring. Um, yeah, Edmonton has four lines. When, when can you? When can we honestly have said that's been the case? Maybe in the 27. 2017 playoffs, maybe a few other moments in time, but let's. This is they've got four uh, strong functional lines right now, and let's see. Hopefully, this lasts. This and this is why I say they can win the cup. To do that, of course, they're going to need better goaltending than they've had on average. But if one of their goalies gets hot, and Stu Skinner has been pretty good all year, but if one of their goalies gets hot in the playoffs, that's obviously a key. That in good health. But if they get that kind of goaltending, this team can go a long way. Uh, this text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. David, I told you I'd only read the text on the hockey, not on the politics. Wow, when did David get on the OEG payroll? Take off your Oilers glasses. That one comes to us from Mark. I haven't heard that uh, since the arena debate. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, and this text uh, comes in, Bob, your ego isn't everything. That's a sign of weakness, but I hope your 47 indeed pans out for 47 wins. Uh, there you goes. Um, Bob, I've already got Calgary fans admitting in Calgary that McDavid is the greatest player in the history of the National Hockey League. I believe top five and most advanced player we've ever seen. That text comes in. I, I agree. I think he is the single most um, advanced player that we have ever seen uh and this one comes from fletch in calgary hey you guys enough time spent on paul Yarby. he is gone gone he isn't an nhl player he never will be an nhl player he'll be out of this league in two years enough already move on stoffer i gotta tell you david i'm like you i hope you find success in carolina or if they don't re-sign him potentially in florida where bill zito is bill zito uh, was business partners with uh, Marcus Leto and Acme World before he got into the uh, before I went to Columbus first as an AGM and then um, eventually a general manager of the Florida Panthers. So there you have it. One more, David. You'll laugh at this. Don't count surefire wins over the aforementioned weaker teams. The Oilers have lost to Anaheim and Columbus. Well. In all those games, the goalies stole the games. Edmonton pumped a ton of shots, but those are fair comments. It's just down the stretch the last couple of years. Last three seasons down the stretch, the last two seasons, Edmonton's been really good. And I expect that to continue again under Jay Woodcroft. Do you have confidence that they got 17 left? How many are they going to win, David? I'll go with 12. Okay, well, Bob, I, I, I want to see you be happy, so I'll go with 13. There and, we go. Uh, nice I'll go God. with 13. You know, you know the trade that I was on deadline day that I was worried about was the Kings picking up Corpus Allo. And Now, we might have an awfully good view of Corpus Allo because he's beaten almost the Oilers single-handedly almost yes. in two games this year. So we, we might have an you know inflated sense of how good that goalie is, but that's the one trade that kind of got under my, uh, my skin because I was thinking, oh, geez, like the Kings are going to be a tough out anyway, and now they've got this goalie that seems to have the Oilers number so we'll see how that plays out. David it's interesting because the two years before Corpus Allo was not at 100% and Elvis Merzlikens totally outplayed him and got himself a five year deal at 5.4 million his contract runs concurrent with Jack Campbell's at five years at 5 million the difference is that uh, Corp- or, uh, Merzlikens deal is uh, front loaded 6 million 6 million the next two years it's an interesting one because Merzlikens had real good numbers a lot of people believed him He's had a tough campaign in Columbus. How do people uh, follow you for your hockey stuff? At uh, On Twitter, Bob, at the Cult of Hockey. Great stuff. Thank you for your time, David. Thanks, Bob. Bye-bye. It is 12.52, and Edmonton will step out, and we'll circle back to some of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. This is Oilers Now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Twelve fifty-six in Edmonton. 
Welcome back to sunny California in April with New West Travel. You can fly to Los Angeles to watch the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. This New West Travel package includes airfare, four nights at the Marriott LA Live, lower bowl game tickets for both games, and a welcome reception with yours truly with special guests. For the California Hockey Tour, reach out to New West Travel or newwesttravel.com. I think it's almost sold out. I think they're down a couple spots left on that. We head into the Oilers now. Injury report. It's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, Trent Brown. Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown, they partnered up with uh, Evander Kane for uh, an event uh, for disadvantaged uh, individuals prior to Christmas. And speaking of Evander Kane, he was back at practice on the Oilers' top line. He'd missed the last nine games with an upper body issue. Uh, One thing about Kane, he's got great habits on the ice. Connor McDavid, Evander Kane, and Zach Hyman on the Oilers' top line. So right now, top line, uh, the Oilers have... Obviously, the two guys out LTIR all season. Mike Smith, who was in town last week, by the way, along with Oscar Clefbaum. And then um, Ryan Murray, who's not close to returning. I'm told that uh, there's nothing imminent with his potential return to lineup. That is the Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyer. Murray is out with a back issue. We go into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Hazen from Beaumont says, Bob, quick question. Do you see the Oilers going 11-7 or 12-6 for game one of the playoffs? Lots of time between them. Just curious as to what Jay might do. I'm going to bring Brendan Escott into this conversation as well. And I'm going to tell you that for me, assume, number one, Oilers still got some work to do to make the playoffs. But assuming they're in the playoffs and they're in a playoff spot right now, I think if they've got this group of players available, I think they start 12-6. and six. Brendan, the floor is yours. Uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> it, it's going to be interesting to see because it's oftentimes how the team is rolling and how the coach is feeling about it at that given time. They seem to be a lot more successful and a lot more comfortable in 11 and 7. But I agree that I just the way that it's configured, I don't know that uh, you need to have Philip Broberg up and forced into a few minutes. If Darnay's going to be able to, to swim with 15 minutes on the back end or 13 or 14, whatever, then I think that you're just fine with that configuration. And I think it's important to remember that even though he's a rookie, Darnay's a mature rookie as well. So there's merit to that argument. I don't know that that's the one I would deploy. I think it's more of a decision to be made at that time. Okay, well, that's going to be interesting. And Haji texts us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, and he says, Bob, Beverly Hillbillies and Get Smart uh, were on in the weekdays when I got home from school in Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. Is that not where Trent Yanni, Glenn Gullitson, and um, Daryl Leeson were from? Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. Then we got Cable and ITV came on the air with 8.30 orders game, which always could be quite comical, especially when the orders were playing the New Jersey Devils. And he's got Mickey Mouse here as that one comes to us from Haji. Yes, indeed. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Then when we return, Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for Aquarian Renovations. You're listening to Oilers Now.